Hello and welcome to the Hoop Collective podcast. We talk about the NBA. I'm in Los Angeles sitting next to Jackie McMullen. Isn't that lovely? Fun. And it's Andrew, fun. Andrew Hahn's in the room too. Yeah, not as fun. No kidding. Love you, Andrew. Uh, we're at the uh, ESPN LA Studios here. Uh, we'll be going. You're going to the uh, Laker game tonight, right? Yes, I am. Lakers Warriors. Looking forward to it. Um, not as big as what at the start of the no. season we planned this. No. But, oh well. That's life. Joining us from Houston, where he finally made it after um, tweeting his way through his delays. Nobody likes more than he seeing people complain about travel issues on Twitter. Tim McMahon. Hey, banned from flying gotta, last night. Sometimes you got to make sure the miles floweth. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, Brian, I yeah. just want to make sure that you point oh. out that this is posting on a Thursday morning. Okay, so we're recording this uh, Wednesday, midday Wednesday. We'll be posting tomorrow morning, so we're not going to talk about the what happens. We are a mystery. You, you folks listening to this, know what happened in that Clippers um, the, the uh, Rockets game Rockets. that McMahon is covering tonight. Well, we know what um, happened too, but we're just not going. to We don't that. know. Well, we do and know it, what happened. That's right. Everything's fixed. Where's my Where's my spreadsheet that says what's going to happen? Okay, here it is. Oh, that's well, going to be you, a great. If you one. had that, you'd make predictions. You're right. No, or maybe I wouldn't, just to throw people off. You know, I started my day yesterday in in Boston, where I did not have the pleasure of seeing Jackie Mack, which was Doesn't a huge that stink, disappointment. Tim. I know, yeah. man. Sorry I did get that. to see uh, I did get to see my little nephew for about twenty minutes, so that was good. Cool. Um, that's what you call Bontemps, your nephew. Yeah. Uh, I would never claim Bontemps as part of my family. You know me better than that. Um, well, speaking of the Celtics, um, they're eight and one, have the best record in the NBA. <laughs> Um, Who saw that coming? Raise your hand. I mean, I think that they thought Jackie that they would be they would be competitive. Um, they have not played the hardest schedule, no. but they've played some good teams, and they've had a whole bunch of injury problems. Jalen Brown's been out. Obviously, now Gordon Hayward is out. Their center position has been decimated. Um, Cantor is barely played for them and Daniel Tice has been out they've been you know so um this is pretty impressive to me yes uh, Jackie what's working for them well one thing that isn't surprising and that is they take care of the ball better than anybody in the NBA uh, maybe by a significant so, maybe some of the so far like some of the best in history taking right. care of the ball less than 11 turnovers a game so that is not shocking because Kemba Walker historically takes care of the ball and if you look last year at the Celtics uh, they took care of pretty good care of the ball last year as well Kyrie Irving's also not a high turnover player um, historically so uh, but other other players are handling the ball a lot of guys are handling the ball but so that part is significant but not shocking what shocks me beyond belief Brian was I just assumed there had to be a defensive drop-off because of the loss of Al Horford and Aaron Baines, who, aside from Marcus Smart, who was an all-NBA defender, they're two best defenders. And I thought, well, this is really what's going to bite them. And to your point, Ennis Cantor hasn't even played, and we know he can be a defensive liability at times, but he's barely played. These guys are third in the league in terms of uh, defensive field goal percentage against opponents. So Toronto's one and Utah's two by a very slim margin. And Boston comes in in three. They're in the top five at almost every defensive metric. And that surprises me because of the loss of two of their pillars of their defense. How about their top three offense, too? Well, that to me isn't as shocking either because you now have an equal opportunity offense Kemba's still your guy. He's your closer. He's going to take great shots. But 
you knew that there'd be more shots and more opportunities for guys like Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Gordon Haywood. You knew that was going to happen. And I guess I saw enough of those three guys that there were a lot of things that happened last year, but I felt that each one of them could take a step forward. And they've each taken a huge step forward. The one for 18 game for Tatum notwithstanding. Those things happen. Those, yeah, well, that was McMahon was there for that. They, right. If Tatum shoots one of 18, um, of course, Porzingis wasn't much better. Well, he was one for 14, so they negate um, each other, really, uh, in many ways. McMahon, you were there for that game. Luca had a great game, but uh, what did you take away from seeing the Celtics that night? Uh, I mean, Kimball looks absolutely spectacular. He could not miss from three. Um, you know, Jalen Brown looks like the guy that we saw that was a key player in a, in a run to the Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, you know, Marcus Smart is, uh, you know what you're going to get with him. He actually hit some, you know, hit a lot of shots in that game, some big shots, but he's an absolute pit bull. And, you know, they, they've got with Tatum, Smart and Brown, you know, that, that is a good defensive core there. Now, it really is. Now, you know, I do think there's a little bit of a small sample size slash played the Knicks a couple times, played the, the Cavs played the Hornets. You know, I I, I think they'll end up maybe an above. Yeah, I, I agree. They're, this is not. not this, a, yeah, yeah, they're not going to win sixty three games, but it's yeah, still be a great. Yeah, but here's the team. thing: they, they will came, be a great offensive team. Though, they, I think they came back from I don't remember how many double digits down to the Milwaukee Bucks and beat a them. huge win for them. I mean, that was a big big win. And here's another thing that you need to that I've looked at with these um, during the off season. So Gordon Hayward, you just needed him to get his mojo back. Clearly he did before he broke his hand. I think everybody feels terrible for him because of that. Tatum, come on, dude. Don't take those long twos. We've been asking you. Just take a step back and shoot those threes. He's doing that. But here's the thing, the most important thing. So Jalen Brown, go to the basket. You have the skill set to do that. Last year averaged 2.72 free throws attempts a game. Already at Mm 5.16 free throws attempts Mm -hmm. this year. So almost double. And that changes everything for everybody when you play that way. They need, This is a team that needs to get to the line more. They are doing that. Now, they still are thin up front. Their bench is still a concern. Um, you need some firepower off your bench. I think when Gordon Haywood does come back, they put Smart back coming off the bench. But a guy like Grant Williams still waiting to hit his first NBA three. Carson Edwards, streaky shooter. I think he's shooting 25% from three. Uh, you need more from your bench. Wanamaker's been decent the last few games. Maybe he's going to help you there. You need more depth off that bench because these guys are playing, I'm sure, more minutes than Brad Stevens would like. Do, do you need do you need more from from that bench, or do does Danny Ainge need to go upgrade the bench? Well, let's let's talk about that. That's a that fair question. Quick. Let's fair talk question. about that real quick. So yeah. I actually was talking to Tim Bontemps, who lives in Boston, covers the Celtics for us. Here's the issue when you talk about the Celtics upgrade. We all we all know that they could use another big for sure. Um, and Hayward's going to be out six weeks. You're hoping he comes back and is able to. I mean, he was shooting forty four percent from three. I mean, and fifty five percent from the floor. Uh, just awesome. Um, they don't have much to trade. Picks. Picks. Um, and picks. Yeah, but they got it. What are they? What are they attaching to those picks? What are they using? For, you know, they don't have. I'll look at their. I'll look at their pick situation here in a second. They have a lot of picks, but but remember, you got to trade a player for that, right? Like, and and you you know the only trade you could make would be a really big one when you decide. You know what? We have too many wings, which they have so many wings, I can't even mm-hmm. believe it. 
But I don't believe that Brad Stevens thinks he has too many. I think he's running a five-wing offense in a lot of ways. Let's count Kemba as a wing if you want to. They're playing a different way. This is the way Brad has played since he got into the league. He likes to play with wings. And so everyone else thinks there's redundancy there. I don't know if Danny Ainge thinks that. Uh, so the trade you could make, but it would be, it would have to be a blockbuster. You know, it right. would have I to mean, be Hayward or Jalen Brown or something like that. And I, why would you do that? Before yeah. the season yeah. started, I was eyeing a possible Stephen Adams for Gordon Hayward swap. Mm-hmm. Understandable. Um, I wouldn't do that. Not the way Hayward's playing. I'll tell you that. something else. So we talked about this in the podcast last week. The way Hayward's playing, I think he's going to opt out of his contract, don't you? He's an opt out. I don't know. It's just too early to I know. say. You're right. There's You're right. too much. You know, the broken hand is like what again? Know. You know, just who knows? I just um, want to point and, out and, that uh, that Brian almost made another prediction before Jackie talked him out of it. Mm. <laughs> that Hayward was going to opt out of his contract. Oh wow, Mr. that's true. I well, yeah, I, I agree with Jackie. Don't make those those calls in, in November. Wow, um, I was win Horstian just then, wasn't I? All right, here here's their here's their pick uh, uh, package. They own all of their own first round picks. That's not something a lot of teams can say. Yep. Um, Memphis pick. They have the Memphis pick if it falls outside the top seven, which... I thought it was top six. Uh, top seven this year. Top... Uh, it's unprotected next year, isn't it? Uh, is it I, I think it's unprotected next yeah. year. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And then they have Milwaukee uh, pick next year. Um uh, they have it this year if it's uh, if it's uh, oh they have Milwaukee's pick this year, top eight protected. So they have extra picks for sure. Um, but you have to you know if you're going to trade for a player of of uh, real, um, you know of, of you know of real you know like like you, they they could do Willie Cauley Stein, you know that's a guy that, you know does that does that excite you to help their center ranks? I mean, um, at what price? I, I just you know I think so. We all know this. We all know that post ups are declining at such an alarming rate that you wonder if it'll be an obsolete in the game three or four years from now. So maybe this is the new way to play. And if this is the new way to play, then how is Willie Cauley-Stein going to help you? Right. I'm just I'm just talking about if you're looking for big men that they could get without having to, you know, talk about Marcus Smart, who I think is, you know, pretty much the heart and soul of the way they play. I couldn't see them trading Marcus Smart, to be honest with you. No. I mean, but you um, know what? I couldn't see them trading Aaron Baines either, but they had to. It was a necessity. Yeah, and Baines has been terrific. He's been for the, unbelievable. For the, for the I, I suppose we're banned from talking about the Phoenix Suns, Andrew. Oh, Hahn. no. I, I would like to hear some oh, Phoenix okay. Suns conversations if you guys want to. I've been pushing the Suns. and As the Suns' biggest supporter. Oh, you are such a liar. <laughs> such His nose is growing. Um, but uh, so – let me say this about about the Celtics, which has really super impressed me. Now they they, they lost Hayward. Okay, that's uh, unfortunate. He was I mentioned he was shooting forty. Uh, what was he? Forty. Forty four percent. Forty four percent. Forty three percent. How about Kemba shooting forty four percent? Jason Tatum. And these are like on volume. They're not shooting two a game. You know, well, Tatum see, that's sh- what happened when you spray the ball and you're all standing behind the three point line. Like, what are you going to do? Which guy are you, right. you going to double? It's somebody? a. It's a. It, let's just let's stop dancing around it. The team is built more for the way Brad Stevens wants to coach. It's not in a character indictment. We we can go on about character indictment, but this team is built the way they these these players want to play. That's right. Um, now that we've said all these nice things about them, watch them lose to. Isaiah tonight. Well, they have some issues, you know. They do have some issues with their bench, and it's gonna. And it's just at some point, it's gonna. Isaiah Thomas told the Washington Post uh, today he'll be an All Star again. He wanted everybody. to know I really that. hope that's true. 
I really do. And you know what? It's that positive self-talk that got him into the league and got him the chances that he's had. So I don't, I'm not going to clap back on that because the guy's been through so much and, uh, I hope he isn't all Marcus Smart shooting 37% on seven threes a game. I mean, that's everybody, a dream. Yeah, but you know well, what? Except for Brown, he's doing everything else well. Right. right. But I'm telling you, Marcus Smart, you know, he got into that beef. I don't know if you saw it last week with the officials. He got teed up. Oh, yeah. That's what it's about because he knows he's established himself as a defensive icon almost. Look, guarding Kevin Love, guarding Porzingis, guys that are six, seven inches say, tall. He, he ate Porzingis alive. He did. And he ate, he ate and Kevin he Love alive to. before that. He was happy to. Yeah. He, he, and, he wanted to. Right. And so we know that's, he's built his reputation on that, but he wants these officials to recognize how hard he's worked to become an offensive player and to be able to shoot those threes. He, he shot, was, I don't have it in front of me, 37% last year? Let me look it up. I got a laptop right in front of me that is not mine. So let's see what comes up. It's Andrew Hans. <laughs> 36.4, we'll Jackie. Okay, so, 30, so like 37%. Yeah. So, you know, this is – he'll tell you this is not a fluke. This is something I've been working on yeah. for years. And now, I, whether that's true or not, we'll see. Andrew doesn't like when I talk about the World Cup, but um, <laughs> when I was – when I was in, first off, when I was in China, Baden shot the heck out of the three-pointer at real yeah, high I don't volume. find this to be a shock at all. I'm sorry. I saw um, the dude in Boston. He can do it. But I – in you know, while there was a lot of disappointment on the U.S. side – uh, I thought Jalen Brown for three or four games was almost the best player on the court. Kemba mm-hmm. was their best player for sure. And Marcus Smart was, and he was dealing with an injury. He missed like their, he like, right. he kind of rushed back from an injury. And then once they got knocked out of the winner's bracket, they, um, he shut it down. But, um, he played great for them. He saved them, uh, in one yep. of the games, he saved them. And so <laughs> those guys who played over there reaping some of the benefits and also showing, um, that what what they worked on. I mean, Aaron Baines clearly started shooting some three pointers last year. Clearly improved on it, right? And um, it it carried over. And before we move on, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to our Zach Lowe. He speaks with Chris Herring this week about the load management craze and four of the most interesting teams in the NBA. And they're probably not the teams that you might think because with Zach and Chris, especially. Those guys go off book. Um, that's this week on the Low Post Podcast, which you can find wherever you get your podcasts. He's also got a podcast um, with Rick Carlisle from the Dallas Mavericks. You should listen to that while you're there as well. Low Post. All right, let's go down the coast to their lesser Atlantic Division brethren, mm-hmm. the Knickerbockers of New York. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did a – I spent hours the other night. I was assigned this story by my boss, and I spent hours the other night looking at Looking back to pretty much every public comment that Steve Mills and Scott Perry have made since they hired David Fisdale. And I covered the Knicks draft and um, was in New York at their facility the night of their draft. They had Mm -hmm. a very – they didn't have a very exciting night other than the fact they got R.J. Barrett. But there wasn't – you know, there wasn't a lot going on. And so Scott and Steve were were very kind to sit down with me and, and talk about their organization and where they were. Um, and so I have a pretty good feel and my thing, you know, regardless of where they are, they're two and nine, but regardless of all that, what I see from them guys is a real lack of sticking to a plan. And the reason that's disappointing is when you go back and look at everything that they've said, they really thought that this was their plan, that they were going to build through the draft and build through player development. And when they hired David Fisdale, they said, we think he can develop young players. But 
That's just wasn't the way they operated. Okay, but let's stop here for just a second. I'm sorry. Shenanigans. That is not their plan. Their plan was, I want Kevin Durant, I want Kyrie Irving, and you mm-hmm. got none of those. Which that is was your plan. They, they, they hired Fizdale. One of the reasons they hired him was because they knew that all those players reacted. All the, Remember all those stars lined up on Twitter when he was fired by, yeah, the, Grizzlies? by the Grizzlies? LeBron, Dame Lillard, Wade, and, and pretty much anybody who'd been through Miami. Basically, anybody not named Marcus Gasol. <laughs> um, right. And they made their peace. They, they did. Their piece. They did. And this is what, this is why they hired him. So even though they were saying they were a developmental team, they hired a coach to draw free agents. Okay. It's not his fault they didn't come. I agree. So they, so, no. the, so when they made the Porzingis trade, yes, they got two first round picks. Yes, they got Dennis Smith Jr. But no. do you know what they talked about right up front? And I can, I can free tell Free agency. They talked Nolan about went on the radio and talked about free agency. They talked By about the way, sixty-eight million in space, sixty-eight when, million in and, space. They kept saying, and, and when they, you know, Fisdale had other offers. They pitched him. He had on, three or four other potential. Yeah, they offers. pitched him on. They were going to go out and get big-time free agents. So this is how, how many times does Steve Mills get to play the CYA cycle? Okay, but let me just bring this this last point up. Okay, so. Let's just say that they were saying one thing and doing another. Almost every team in pro sports does that. Here's what I don't understand. When Anthony Davis was available, the messaging that they had was, we can't pay that price. Anthony Davis wanted to be in New York. He did not want to be in Boston. He, 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 he did want to be in, he did not want to be in Boston. He did want to be in LA. Rich Paul said it in Sports Illustrated. I mean, it was, it was well known to anybody who covered the league. Rich Paul was in Sports Illustrated on the record saying Anthony Davis wants to play for the Knicks. So my thing is this. After you've gotten this cap space and after really that your move was to play with free agents and you've had Jim Dolan coming out on national radio saying we got guys coming, why would you then play the, oh, no, we can't trade all these picks and young players for Anthony Davis? Why wouldn't you go after Anthony Davis? This is where the disconnect from the Knicks makes me frustrated. And if I was their fans, I'd be frustrated. Well, I guess the question is, though, he said he wanted to play for the Knicks. But the more that the Lakers became a reality, was he in, of the mindset, I want to play for the Knicks, but well, I'd now rather. Looks, now it's great. Right. I'd rather play for the Lakers. So if I go to the Knicks and it's a train wreck for a year, like another New Orleans, I'm not. I'm going to play well, put up numbers, and we're not going to go anywhere. Well, I'm going to make sure I have an out to go to the Lakers. And don't you think that's what the Knicks were afraid of? I think the Knicks were afraid of that they would trade for Anthony Davis and they knew when, you know, when Jim Dolan made those comments in March, they made the trade in the last day of January. I think by the time Anthony Davis was on the market after David Griffin was hired, Mm -hmm. I think the bloom was off the rose. And I think they knew that Kyrie and Durant weren't coming. Everyone and that, knew. And that's right? why they didn't. But I still wonder, you're saving all of this stuff and you got the extra assets from, from Dallas. I mean, they were positioned to do it. Right. They were, they could have made, and not only that, they, they could have outbid the Lakers. The Lakers offer was the fourth pick. The number three pick was, wor- was deemed to be worth more in this draft. Of course. Of course. So much so that the, that the Pelicans went around and traded it as soon as they got, the, not as soon as that, but they eventually traded right. it. Right. So, that's my whole thing. As I looked at this block of of maneuvers, and you can you can point to each individual one and, and nitpick and all that stuff. 
if they were really going to, you know, because in my mind, that's, I know that's a trade, but it's essentially a free agent move. Why not just go in and get Anthony Davis? Just go get him and say, that's, that's our big, that's our big play. That's where we're using some of our cap space and these guys on. Why get one power forward when you can get four in the summer? <laughs> there you go. Well, that was the other thing is that, you know, you remember they put out that statement. I think it was actually before midnight on, um, at least I was out here in LA. It was before midnight LA. You remember this? Yeah. They put out a statement basically because they had, they had for, for months from, it wasn't just Dolan. I mean, Dolan sort of went, went a little far, but like they put out statements to their free agent or to their season ticket holders. They put out statements when they talked at like the combine and stuff and the lottery and they were like, remember, we've got $70 million in cap space. Remember. So they put out a statement before midnight, uh, West Coast time. On June thirtieth, we're really sorry we, we we didn't get we didn't get um, our our guys. We're we still we still have a great free agent um, uh, idea. So then, so they went from saying they were sorry to pivoting and saying no 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 we like this team. Yeah, why why, why can't Fisdale get results from this roster? This right. great roster. Oh, stop it. Well, that's the thing. That that's see that's why I'm. That's why I'm fr- like you know it's one thing to have a plan and you stick to it and you got to right. fight through it and everything like that but it's another when I don't see any semblance of sticking to the plan and they keep saying but we're sticking to our plan yeah but here here's the thing you're you're totally discounting <coughs> it all comes down to Jim Dolan do you think I would recommend everybody read Frank Isola's column today regarding the Knicks and in it he he makes the point that. Uh, Mills was browbeaten by James Dolan at halftime, apparently, of the game, the, the, the night that they made this extraordinary post-game press conference while their coach, by the way, is still in the locker Jackie, room. Jackie, in all your years, have you ever heard of a general manager giving a press conference after the game before the coach? No. Nope. I, I mean, I've never – general managers just, on game nights is rare anyway. I mean, and, to, you know – To complain about the coach. Well, just it was such, and you know, it was coming directly from Dolan. Read, read Isola's column. It's as clear as day. Well, Steph Bondia, the Daily News, who's persona non grata at the garden, but you know, he, um, he was charting during the game. He was tweeting during the game. He's like, well, Steve Mills and Scott Perry are not back out at their seats here in the third quarter and neither is Jim Dolan. And then then he was like, by the way, they're still not out at their seats. So I don't know what was said. But well, you have you a pretty know, good idea, don't yeah, you? The, the map, the, did the it map look to it. you like Steve Mills was up there feeling really great about what he was saying? Well, the other thing is he came out. He and, didn't even sell it. If you're gonna, you know, because yeah. he knew it was wrong. He came out and he came out and said, "Well, it's ten games in, and I thought we owed owed you guys an explanation." And I was like, <laughs> "How about we're ten years in, and you owe us an explanation?" <laughs> <laughs> Come but on, like, dude. Like, w- w- where is that the standard? No, that it's ten crazy. games. Stop. I, I, I did like Fizz's uh, response the next day when he's like, I got two and a half years left in my contract. Man, I feel for Fizz, <laughs> don't you? I feel for this guy. No, because he's got two and a half years left on yeah, his contract. I mean, and when he comes back to work for ESPN, it won't be off. And I love the players really okay. backed him, too. You know, the players seem to really back yeah, him. Yeah, I mean, look, it's just it's just not a very good team. And, um, you know, they, they do have RJ. Who, and, and, they, and I think Mitchell, you know, Mitchell Robinson was a nice draft pick. He's got some... Some challenges with his profile, but yeah, um, he's hurt now with a concussion. Yeah. Right. By the way, they kept playing him. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm not. An, I'm it's not an uneven roster, and it's and Fizz. The one thing you could say, I guess, is he's changed his lineups a lot. Um, he, but RJ's RJ's starting to slump just a little bit. Um, his numbers are dipping a little bit. Yeah. 
Uh, I think he's he's shooting forty two percent. Well, let me tell you why more, this is going to get forty one worse before it gets better. Okay, so Thursday they have the big Porzingis return game. Well, don't you think, by the way, don't you think, Tim, that this is a big part of why all this is happening now? Because everyone, this isn't hindsight. A lot of people are like, why are you trading Porzingis? Yeah, but, but Knicks fans aren't mad that they traded Porzingis. They should They're, be. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they hate Porzingis and it's going to be a, an absolute zoo there. And I mean, the, the, the last win of the Fisdale era might be, I might have seen it in Dallas. They do, the Knicks do treat seeing Porzingis like a Super Bowl. <laughs> they true. got up for that game. I guess they had a heck of a party and had a major hangover when the old Cavs came to town a couple of days later. All right. Well, okay. So listen to their schedule. So they got a three game homestand and I don't know. Maybe Fizdale wants out, but if, if he doesn't, you got, I think they got to win two of these. So they play the Porzingis return game Thursday night at the Garden. Then on Saturday, they have the Hornets in there. The Hornets are better than we thought. They are. But, you got, you got to win that game. And I'm a t- not, not only because it's a Hornets, because listen to this, listen to what's coming. Then the Cavs, who just came in there and beat them and almost beat the Sixers the Cavs, Tuesday night. The Cavs are pretty frisky. They've gotten a lot better. Yeah, they really um, have. They, I thought when I saw them in preseason, Brian, I thought, oh my goodness. Do you know what the Cavs fans are calling the uh, Darius Garland, Colin Sexton backcourt? What? Sexland. Oh, that's good. Darius that's hasn't played great yet. You know, he hasn't played no, great No, he yet. hasn't. He hasn't. But, uh, but Kevin Love's been good. Tristan Thompson, a little, Tr- you know. Tristan's, yeah. I mean, let's just be honest. Resurrection. Tristan, Tristan was, has been terrible the last two years. Yeah, yeah. He is now back. He's now playing the yeah, best. Both he year. and Kevin are playing hard. Well, Sexton, what I'm saying Sexton's is it's good. not a gimme win. No? But they, but they no. really need to win it. By the way, scheduling, the Cavs play in, in the Garden twice in eight days. Very strange. That is strange. Okay. All right. After that, all right, those are the three games at home. Dallas, Charlotte, Cleveland. Really should win two of those three uh, if you want to have any chance because then here's what happens. At Philly, San Antonio, Brooklyn, at Toronto, Philly, Boston, at Milwaukee, mm. Denver, Indiana, at Portland, at Golden State, which that may be their next mm-hmm. win. Um, their next month. Brutal. I don't see a lot of wins in there. And so... But if, if, you know, so we know that Woj and, and Malika wrote this story that uh, they're laying the groundwork to fire Fisdale. So if if that's public and all this has happened, what are you waiting for? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like maybe Fizz doesn't. Because I was going to say, hey, Fizz, maybe you need to win two of these next three. But then, you know, maybe he doesn't. It because, sounds to me like it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, he's he needs to win like 10 of the next 11. Yeah. Well, like what's yeah. the best case? Like this roster is a 25 win roster at best. Well, they won 17 games last year, and they came. I mean, they were tanking, but they came out and pretty. I mean, like honestly, go back to media day. I'm not even saying go back a year. Go back to media day, and listen to the Knicks brass sit up there. Scott Perry, I believe, explain why these, all these power forwards that they signed are actually going to work. Like it'd be. I mean, I almost was, would. I would respect it if they were like, look, we went for these free agents. One of them blew his Achilles. One of them wanted to play in Brooklyn. We didn't get them, and so we signed some guys that we hope will help our young players develop, and we may be able to use them as uh, as trade assets later. Or maybe you don't want to say that because you don't want to insult them for signing, although they all know why they signed. Right. Right. But they came they came out and said, no, 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 this team's going to be really improved. Even though we apologized to you, this team's going to be really improved. And they, now they've doubled down on that and said, 
this is this isn't appropriate. You know, we're way better than this, and you know, so we're not playing hard enough and threw it at Fisdale's feet. Like they're doubling down. It's just crazy. After you know, seeing the, this team for ten games, the other problem they have is Dennis Smith Jr. is just really, really struggling, and yeah. that. Well, he's not that, playing that, either, right, Tim? It's not well, even really like playing. last night he was like minus twenty something, or yeah. Tuesday night. I guess by the time it's come, minus twenty. I mean, and he he had the unfortunate uh, leave of absence because his stepmother died, and you know it's and he's he was banged up in Cambia. But the That's crowd, the, the, the fan base has turned on him. Oh, they, they've had terrible tragedy. Two of their players had deaths in their families. Right, right. In yes, this, uh, and so it's a situation where I think for Dennis. Like, if he's going to get his career on track, it ain't happening there. And so what you're going to end up probably getting is a couple of non-lottery picks from the Mavericks. And, you know. All the more reason why the, you should have traded. <laughs> and, right. and, and the cap space to sign a bunch of power forwards. Look. For I, the Porzingis deal. I, I feel mm. like. Had they made an offer and just got outbid by LA because they put in those pick swaps and everything. Right. And, you know, LA had better younger players to offer. But I got the impression in in talking with the Knicks that they weren't seriously bidding. That they, that well, that they just didn't seem to no do it. And so the only rational thing I can think of is that they either A thought RJ Barrett was going to be the type of player who would be equal to Anthony Davis in the future, which. And he, he's going to be good. Yeah. But I don't know about equal. Or they Davis. just said. We're afraid if we trade for this guy and we cash in all our chips that we're not going to be able to use our space on. But even then, I well, still don't, he's I still don't agree. I just think they think he's, he was going to leave. He was going to be there a short amount of time. I, 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 I mean, look, it's, it's not my behind in the seat. So I, I guess I can't say, but mm-hmm. I just, I wonder they gathered all these assets and all this space and then they had this player. And then, you know, this is one of the things, you know, I, I thought that the Lakers made a mistake on. I thought they should have gone in all in for Paul George. Now it ended up working out for them. Because they got Anthony Davis a year later with the players that they would have traded for Paul George. Right. But in the moment, you know, if, if, well, and and remember, they almost got both. They really did. I think it was pretty close. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. And, well, they almost, almost got Kawhi too. Right. Um, it's, you know, they're, they're fine. But, um, yeah, I think they are fine. But I'm saying, like, I remember (laughs) thinking, boy, you have LeBron arriving. Why not just go for Paul George? You know, here you have Anthony Davis saying, I want to come. I don't know. Um, but Can I just a, tell you, I'm looking at the offensive rank efficiency ratings. For, oh, God. It's bad. It's .971 points. That's crazy. That's look crazy. At, look at their three-point shooting. Jackie. I know. I know. But it's, last year, they were, last year, as bad as they were, and, and they were at they made 1. Everyone they took in Dallas. <laughs> that's points right. Per hundred. I mean, that's well, like What's crazy is the, crazy one night, the one night the whole bunch of power forwards actually worked was in Dallas against Porzingis for their Super Bowl. And honestly, after this game – Thursday night with Porzingis coming back, Knicks fans don't have a single game to look forward to the rest of the season. They get to boo Porzingis tomorrow, and then it's months of just pain and agony. Well, that's been a long time. And the best thing they have is that poor, the best thing that Knicks fans have to hold on to right now is Porzingis is struggling in Dallas. That's that's the best thing they have to, tr- to try to feel good about. Um, all right. Well, here, here's another team that's a disappointment, and um, this came as this is coming as a surprise to me. Um, the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah, I didn't see this. They, they lost Tuesday night to the Kings. They're four and seven, with Dame lighting the world on fire. That's what's that. The, okay, so obviously they are really banged up. Zach Collins is out. Yeah, that's hurt him. Three, four months 
shoulder dislocation. They had no idea that, that was going to be the case. That's a terrible injury for them. Nurkic, they have no timeline on him. You're thinking maybe post All Star break. Yeah, you know, um, and even Rodney Hood, who's pretty important to them, has been out. Yeah. Um, White, and then Whiteside's a curious fit. They they got rid of uh, Mo Harkless to get him. They signed. I never thought song. McMahon would be kind. A curious fit. <laughs> Come on now. He's the worst guy. He's the cooler. Who puts up numbers. Hassan Whiteside is the cooler. He is. Think about what the Miami Heat with him last year, and now they're free, free. The Heat the other night, um, Tim Reynolds from the Associated Press uh, tweeted this. Between the Heat and Pistons Tuesday night, there were 16 players who were either out with injury, suspended, Dion, or in the G League. 16 between the two teams. And by the way, the Heat won easily. Um, the the, um, the the Pistons had a rough travel situation. Anyway, Portland. Um, you know, they really disappointed me in the conference finals last year. But I really like their team. I really like what they're about. And Coach, typically, you know. typically they're great at home. You know, um, and they've just kind of fallen apart. Now they did. I was mentioned they did sign Pau Gasol. That they I hope have no idea when he's going to play. Yeah, and he's yeah. just—he, I don't think there's any timeline on him. There's not, and and the timeline might be never. So yeah, you mentioned Lillard. Lillard's shooting fifty percent overall. Forty percent, thirty-three a game. Forty forty percent from three. He's shooting. Look, he—he's a—he's a okay. He's just a hair under fifty, forty, ninety. He's forty-nine percent from the field, thirty-nine percent from three. Ninety-one percent. He's basically thirty, thirty, or uh, fifty, forty, ninety for yeah. them in eleven games. And here's the scary number: thirty-nine minutes a game he's playing. Yeah, that is scary. You're asking for trouble. And he declared yeah. the other day that he's not a load management. Well, he never, believer. he never has no, been. Yeah, he's not. And, and uh, uh, CJ had the quote. McCall had the quote. You know, you can Kawhi your way right out of playoffs. Talking about if we if we try load management. And th- well, with with where they're at now, yeah. and you know they're relying a lot on on um, Mario Hazonia, who really shouldn't be relied on a lot. Um, <laughs> but they have no choice. The Zach Collins injury was a killer because yeah, it really was. You know, first of all, he's a really good young player. He can play both five and four. But he he was he was probably their best defensive player. Uh, by far, and they lost the other guys that were like good, solid. Like the loss of Aminu and Harkless has hurt them. And then you throw Whiteside in the mix, who Whiteside will block shots and be awful defensively. Like he he has the amazing ability to put up good numbers and be a terrible player. So the the challenge for them, they we've talked about this earlier on this podcast, not this one, but earlier episodes. They are primed to make a trade. But the problem that they are now in is that the the players that they would use to trade, they need. Like rip Hassan right. Whiteside all you want, until Nurkic comes back, they need him to play center. I mean, th- they've been playing Hazonia <laughs> and Anthony Tolliver at center, but they n- kind of need him. I'm not same saying with, same with Bazemore, right? Yeah, they kind of yeah. need him. So, yeah. in other words, if you traded one of those guys, you know, the 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 trade I've been talking about is, um, you know, doing a deal for uh, for Gallinari. Um, you're gonna need to, you're gonna need the guys that you would that you would trade. So I, I they may have to ride can, it out. I don't think they can make a trade that's about this year. 
I don't. Mm. And mm. I think if, you know, the, you're the breaking best, Kevin Love's heart right now. Well, well Gallinari thing, would be about this year. That would be yeah. a short term thing. Right. The Unless best you thing wanted that, to extend him. The best thing that's happened for the Blazers this year, you know, aside from Dame absolutely lightening it up is Anthony Simons looks like a legit player. He is a 20 year old stud. And so if they're making a, a win now trade, he's going to be the guy everybody's asking for. I well, would flip that people and say, well, ask for he... Zach Collins too. Zach Collins and Simons right. are their two guys they would ask for. Right. And I, but I would say now, does Simons' emergence and the fact that this guy looks like he's going to be a really good player for a really long time, does that make CJ McCollum expendable? And do they finally seriously consider breaking up Dame and CJ and, and hmm. seeing what CJ's value is in the market? Because that's something that could set you up for, you know, if you're trading CJ McCollum, you can make a deal that, you know, should have a, a return that is a significant wow. long-term return. I mean, everything wow. that you just said is on a whiteboard makes sense. Yeah, but wow, that's a hard sell. That's I hear you, you. gotta in have your locker room. We'd have to give him. We'd have to give Neil Oshie the cojones of the month if he made that <laughs> yeah. trade. Of the seat, yeah. I mean, and he's got them both signed up. You know what's crazy about this roster? They've got the second highest payroll in the league. And if you include the guys that they have spread, because they're still paying some guys, I know, like they're paying Anderson Verjao, for example. Right. They actually are expending the most money in the league. They are, they're spending the most money on everybody. And, um, you know, their owner, Jody Allen, has obviously greenlit this. She also greenlit um, extensions for Olshay and, uh, and for Terry Stott. So she doesn't mm. seem like somebody who is worried about the money. That said, she has no track record. She's owned the team for, for a year. Um, well, and 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 just looking at it, have have they hit the ceiling of the Dame CJ era? I think the ceiling was last year. They get to the West Finals, they get swept by the Warriors. But I, it, it's hard to make a case that this core is going to be able to, you know, this year, next year, the year after is going to be able to come out of a West that has the Clippers, has the Lakers, you know, the the Jazz, the Nuggets the Rockets, some of these other young teams that are on the come. Uh, and again, if if they're really going to shake things up, I think at this point, shopping CJ makes the most sense. That's a, wow. that's a big, that's a big that's conversation. A, that's, there. A, that's heavy. It's a hot take, as we say in the biz. Well, you know, the Blazers have such great fans and... Well, and they, you know, both of those guys, I want to be here forever. I want to re well, they, And they have. Now, they've, now, signed. Yeah. they've signed. They've um, signed. Yeah. And, and I say this in part because Simon's is a stud. This kid is No, 20, yeah. You're, everyone's raving about, you're now, right about that. You're and right about like, that. I mean, this kid's going to be a really good player for a long, long time. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a simple fix there. And they're in the West. There's just no breaks. You know, right. And like last night, they play at Sacramento. Well, last night for us, it'll be two days ago for this pod listeners. They play at Sacramento. Sacramento doesn't have uh, De'Aaron Fox. That's a game you got to win. Right. But in the West, there's no gimmies. So. Agreed. By the way, that De'Aaron Fox injury, grade three ankle sprain. Yeah. That's month. I know they said reevaluated in three weeks. Yeah, He'll be out. Great. He'll be out months. Um, all right. Well, thank you for listening to the Hoop Collective podcast. Thank you, McMahon. Good luck tonight. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you to Troy back in Bristol, who's running the show, and Andrew Hahn. Have a great weekend, everybody.